God Hears Her. God Hears Her. God Hears Her is brought to you. Is brought to you. By our Daily Bread Ministries. Visit GodHearsHer.org. Visit GodHearsHer.org. Or find us on social for more information. Be kind to yourself and to each other. Everybody's stressed and you can't do it all and you're not going to do it all right. You know, we've got to become more creative and loving towards each other. And and I think also just take a deep breath and say, for today, this is the best I can do. You're listening to God Hears Her, a podcast for women where we explore the stunning truth that God hears you, He sees you, and He loves you because you are His. Find out how these realities free you today on God Hears Her. Welcome to God Hears Her. I'm Erin Eddy. And I'm Elisa Morgan. And let's be real. COVID keeps messing up our lives. It seems to just complicate everything. Absolutely, it does, Elisa. And as women, it is impacting our everyday habits and rhythms in very frustrating and particular ways. I'm thinking of the moms I know who already had a tough time navigating kids' school schedules and work life, and now kids are taking classes from home or are attending on certain days. Yeah, yeah. And many women are tired of watching church online, and they struggle with kind of a a lack of encouragement from not being able to rub shoulders with their pastor or their community groups. Or I'm also thinking about the, the women who need to exercise like in a pool because of arthritis or some other issue that requires, you know, non-impact exercise. And they can't because the gyms are still closed. And then there's the very small things that are starting to feel like very big things. Like when you finally plan to meet up with a girlfriend and then someone she knows has been exposed to COVID or you arrive to the coffee shop to discover different hours or that one of you forgot a mask. It is such a weird time, and it's frustrating, just to be honest. And I think all of us could use some hope and encouragement right now. So that's what today's episode of God Hears Her is all about. And so here's a conversation between Erin and me about the unique challenges of being a woman during COVID time and the hope that brings us peace. This is God Hears Her. All right, Elisa. I want to talk about something that you and I have been on the phone almost, I don't know, how many times a week discussing, Mm -hmm. pivoting our circumstances Mm -hmm. right now. And I think that everybody that's listening has also had to pivot in what they are going through with COVID. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the uncertainty of everything. Yeah. You know, it's like when COVID first hit, we all went into this kind of crisis management time, this new normal, we use that phrase, you know, ad, ad nauseum, we use that phrase all the time and pivoting and, you know, how do we make work work? And how do we make going to the grocery store work? And how do we make getting up in the morning and waving to a neighbor work, you know, but it has been months and months and months now and our, our goodwill and game face, you know, is like slipping off and, I don't want to live this way. I'm just being honest here. Yeah. Uh, it's I'm worn out, if I'm honest. (laughs) I'm I'm mm -hmm. worn out on having to think about the future when I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's going to look like. I'm just, I feel weary. Mm -hmm. I mean, have you you gone through, I can share, you know, there's so many circumstances. I know we've talked before in the past on uncertainty, but this uncertainty is a little different. Mm Mm-hmm. Has there been some time in your life where you have gone through that you can kind of 
reflect and see the same emotions that you're having now that you did then? Or do you feel like you're experiencing a whole new level of emotions of uncertainty? I think it's a whole new level. And like you said, we've talked about uncertainty, especially in waiting, times of waiting, mm-hmm. like when you're you're waiting to get pregnant or you're waiting to get married or you're waiting to um, find the man of your life or, you know, whatever, when you're waiting to, for God's call in your life. But this is a whole different level of uncertainty. It's like the things that we've always taken for granted as being there are not necessarily realities anymore. I mean, I mean, stuff like, our kid's going to go to school. Right. And so do you have six hours in your day that you can work uninterrupted? Or, or, you know, friends who are getting married, well, do they have a wedding for two people plus, you know, immediate family? Or do they wait another six months? Or, I mean, there's more daily things that seem more out of control. Is that what you think? Yeah. I think that we feel completely out of control. But really, Mm -hmm. are we ever in control? I don't know. And, And that's... Probably the point, Erin, um, my pastor, whom we've interviewed before and I talk about a lot, mm. Robert Gelinas, Colorado Community Church, he had a line in a sermon not long ago that really grabbed me. He said, this, meaning the pandemic, is a season that will be remembered for the pandemic, the illness, for social reckoning that we're seeing mm. in our country, and for the uncertainty of life. Mm. And I think when you put uncertainty on the platform of a pandemic and social reckoning, we see it is extreme. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. It's something we haven't experienced before. And it's probably, Erin, just as you said, not because <laughs> it's not been there, but we haven't recognized it yeah. because we think we are in control yeah. of some of life, most of life, all of life. Yeah. And we're not. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's magnifying it. It's pointing it out. I love that quote that he says, and that's so true. I think I think about a story that just recently happened with um, my family. So my dad has, you know, he's been going through a lot of pain. He got so bad that the the doctor was like, "You need to come in. You need to come into the hospital." Mm. Mm-hmm. So my dad, my mom drives him there. He goes into the hospital. He grabs his bag and yeah. he tells my mom, "Hey, I'll be right back. I'm gonna check in." come back out here and I'll let you know what you need to do, sweetie. Don't worry. Goes in. Then this woman comes out and she has a full gear on. And she's like, ma'am, are you with that older gentleman? And she said, yes, I am. And she said, "Um, you're not allowed to go in. You're just going to have to wait in the parking lot. Man. And my mom's like, what? She's like, (laughs) I I think she knew, right? But she was like, wait, what? And she's like, you're going to have to sit out here. She's like, well, how, for how long? And she goes, we're not sure. Um, we have to check him in and we have to see if there's beds. And, and then we'll go from there and he can call you on his cell phone. Mm-hmm. So she parks and, uh, and he ends up you know, getting settled in and everything. But that first emotion of like, I have no control. Like, I think that's what she yeah. was faced with is what we're kind of talking about. The, the, no, yeah. the no control in this uncertain time. Yeah. Well, your dad's situation is like an emergency crisis situation. Yeah. When we're already in a season of uncertainty and then an emergency crisis situation comes, you know, there's this added layer. Mm-hmm. But if you kind of flip it and say you're in a, an emergency crisis situation and then you add this kind of malaise of uncertainty on top of it, yes. that's also happening. Um, I'm thinking about just the everyday things that we have counted on to look forward to, a birthday, um, 
a kid's graduation. These are these are things from the last months that have been happening. Weddings, as we said. Yeah. But for me right now, I, I live in Colorado. And, you know, usually in the mornings I, I wake up and I look out at the day and I see the mountains and I, you know, talk to Jesus and kind of get myself going. Well, for the last two to three weeks, when I look out my window, I do not see mountains. I see this white haze because of the fires mm-hmm. in Colorado and further west. And it's, to me, that's kind of symbolic of what we're talking about here is the very things we look at for our day to kind of orient ourselves. I, I lift my eyes to the hills. Yeah. From whence does my help come? My help comes from the maker of heaven and earth, the Lord my God. There's no hills there. There's no mountains there. Yeah. There's gray haze there. Yeah. Day after day, after week, after week. And thank God, I mean, I, I pray for my, my beloved friends and people I don't even know who are losing their homes and their structures and the devastation that's that crisis yeah. we're talking about. But then there's this malaise, this uncertainty of the very things we've always looked at are gone. It's like they've vanished. Yeah. And it's it's disorienting, isn't it? Yes, it is. Disorienting. Yes, it absolutely is. So what do you do when you feel like the mountaintops are foggy and fuzzy? <laughs> kind of want to crawl in bed and pull the covers up, don't you? I mean, yes, you do. So like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done for a good long while. I got nothing. You know, and, and honestly, then to even come and have a conversation where I know everybody's feeling like I am and yeah. do I have any answers? Well, I don't know. Not not so much. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I am thinking of a couple of handholds. And I really hope that as, as our, our friends listen to our conversation, mm-hmm. that they respond with their handholds. Because you know what, Erin? We need each other. Yeah. We need each other a lot. But I think about, I think about a passage from James, from James chapter 4. Mm-hmm. And I've read it a million times, but I've been thinking about it lately. I'm just going to read it, yeah. okay? It says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we're going to go to this city or that city and spend a year there and carry on business and make money. <laughs> yeah, okay, making my plans, right? <laughs> Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. Mm. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Mm. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes, mm. and all such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, that could be a sin for them. And I think that passage has always kind of wonked me out with the end part, you know, of like, if you know the good you ought to do and you don't, you know, you're really blowing it. Like, go do that, do thing. Go help your neighbor, you know, Mm -hmm. go reach out to the poor. But I don't think that's what James is talking about. I think what he's saying is, what is your life? It's vapor. You know, it's it's here and then it's gone. And the only thing that really gives our lives, the, the concrete permanence, is our relationship with God. Yeah. And that's why he's saying, instead you ought to say, am I connected to God? Is this God's direction for me that I'll do this or do that? That I'll look out and see mountains or I look to the maker of the mountains whom I can't see either. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that I will trust in that moment when my dad goes back beyond the veil into the ER where I can't reach him. He doesn't have a phone charger. How am I going to handle this in that given moment? And that's really where the the grist, the the reality of our faith comes down to being real or not. You know, when I can't see, when I can't count on it, when the the earth is slipping beneath my feet, do I really trust that he's still there and I hold on to that? Yeah. 
Oh. How does that hit you? Mm. I love that, Elisa. The last few years, I feel like I've been in this continual of like tight, tight fists and then release. It's like a circumstance happens. It's like, okay, here you go, tight fists and then release. So I feel like while this is a different type of uncertainty in my life, I'm learning again how to release more and more and surrender more and more. When I hear what you're expressing in scripture, this time right now has revealed to me how important and precious quiet time is in my mornings. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I have to be disciplined in it because I have to be disciplined in my thoughts because my thoughts Mm -hmm. can go haywire right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that in the suffering, that might be a dramatic term. I don't know. To some, it does feel Mm. suffering, right? Yeah. I think it's a good term. In the suffering, I think we can develop endurance and, and we're enduring right now. I think that develops character. I think that develops depth in our relationship with God. If we, if we do look towards Him and we have these conversations with Him on, I don't even know how I'm gonna pay my bills because I got let go because my job went, or my company, the company went under, you know. Or yeah, there's a lot yeah. of people right now that don't even know what their purpose is anymore. They feel purposeless mm-hmm. because their job has been impacted so much by That's this, right. you know? That's right. I can only watch so much Netflix and what am I supposed to do with my life? <laughs> right, yeah. Right, right. Exactly. Um, and so some practical things, I'd love to hear like, what are some practical things that you've done? Some practical things that I've done has been my quiet time, mm-hmm. has been my um, journaling and just reading scripture specifically like pertaining to endurance and suffering and um, trusting that this is going to develop a, a character in me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to come on the other side being closer to the Lord and have mm-hmm. these, I guess having like this toolbox that I didn't have before maybe. No. Yeah, and I think the the hardest part of this uncertainty is that that's what's being shaped in us. Yeah. You know, we don't have all those tools quite now. I mean, we've never been. Our generation, your generation, the current generation, there's still some World War II survivors on our planet. But, you know, in our country and in, in our daily, we haven't been through this kind of challenge mm-hmm. together. And so we're learning the old muscle memories or toolboxes, you know, we need to reshape and figure out what else we could do. I want to come back to something you said that is about this letting go. What does that look like? This release, this yielding. And I've got, I've got a story I want to tell you too, because I learned it in a very graphic way (laughs) with a magenta, (laughs) a magenta dyed little chicken. You're not going to believe this story. Okay. So (laughs) let's pick up where we are right now when we come right back on God Hears Her. Hey friends, if you're enjoying today's episode, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you never miss a new episode of the God Hears Her podcast. When you subscribe, new episodes are delivered straight to your device or computer. So hit subscribe and remember that God sees you, He hears you, He loves you because you are His. Welcome back to God Hears Her. I'm Elisa Morgan. And I'm Erin Eddy. And before we jump back into the show, just a quick reminder that if you miss anything in today's episode, the show notes are available in the podcast description or 
on our website at godhearsher.org. You're going to also find links to the verses that we've been talking about, as well as a link to a free resource entitled Overcoming Worry, Turning Fear into Faith. So just click on the link in the podcast description or visit our website at godhearsher.org. That's godhearsher.org. Now, back to the show. As we revisit, Elisa, this story that you're going to tell me about the chicken on God Hears Her. Okay, so you were talking about letting go. And I really think that's probably the biggest principle in our conversation on uncertainty. You know, this dealing with this reality, we think we're in control, but we somehow are learning that we're not. And so here's my story. Okay, when I was like seven years old, my birthday fell very near Easter. Okay, now I'm a a child of the 50s. So it was like way back, you know, maybe 1960. I'm not going to go too detailed. You'll know how old I am. Anyway, way back there. And (laughs) my my mom wanted to make it this really special birthday. So back in the day, they did wonky things like die baby chicks in bright colors like color them Aww. like you would your hair it's horrible oh, okay that's so cute. but so <laughs> i know so darling to see these little bright lime green and bright orange <laughs> and magenta was the color i got a little magenta chicken oh my goodness. and i remember i was so excited about this chicken <laughs> and my mom put it in my hands and i was just it was so downy and soft and i just petted it and i'm kissed it and I loved it and I just I just held it up to my cheek and I just squeezed it so hard and I just loved that little chicken then I opened up my hands and that little chicken was not a happy little being anymore because I squoze it so much this is an awful illustration but do you get the point oh it's like when we hold our lives so tightly and love them so hard the way they are, we can end up almost destroying them. And God had me looking back on that years later, and it was just Mm -hmm. like, I hold things so tightly. You know, another way to describe it is that I can hold them so tightly that if he wants to rearrange them, I can get like rope burn, you know, on my my Mm -hmm. hands because I'm holding so tightly. And for me, in this season of uncertainty, I think the word is to hold things more loosely, to open our hands. And you were doing that gesture as you were talking about spending time with God and and releasing, you know, the things that, you know, as you spend time with him, as you journal, you know, maybe he wants you to to open your hand a little bit so he can rearrange or put something new in your hand even to cope with the times of uncertainty. Gosh, I love that. Uh, I didn't know where you were going to go with the chicken story and that just moved me. Um, (laughs) I mean, but isn't that true that we can hold so tightly our life, but then also rob ourselves of the intimacy that can be developed by squeezing to death the very thing that we want him to be involved in? We only have a a certain kind of um, pattern for how we understand Mm. life can be lived. And it's very linear you know, we get up in the morning and we go off to work and we raise our kids. And, you know, if we're married and we have that relationship, and we have grandkids and we're going to be healthy. And maybe if we're not healthy, then we'll drop people at the hospital and go in and be with them. Yeah. <laughs> Back to your illustration. And when our lives are now shaped according to a different pattern, mm. it's very unsettling. And I think uncertainty creates a, a kind of a 
anxiety or worry, you know, as, as we've been talking about. And I think of another passage in, in Matthew chapter 6, mm-hmm. where Jesus preaches, teaches on worry. And he says, don't be worried, you know, about anything and, and everything, you know. And he, he basically, the word that he uses for worry means to be mentally strangled. Okay, if you think about this poor chick, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, to be mentally squoze, squeezed, whatever, so tight yeah. that our brains don't work, yeah. that our hearts don't work, uh, to be strangled in such a way that the, the blood, if you will, of the Holy Spirit flowing through us is cut off, yeah. you know, it, to, to be strangled in such a way that, that we can't receive what God's trying to do. And these are days when uh, we need to settle that down yeah. and understand that our life is but a vapor. It's a puff, mm-hmm. you know, and and every second of it, we've got to release, let go, and start living this, this different way of um, not being in charge and understanding more of what we always thought we were in charge of that we're not. Yeah, yeah. How do you connect the head and heart piece to that? Because I feel like mm. the uncertainty is all in our head, right? Our heart longs mm. to be just loved on and then receive the love from God. But how do we connect those pieces in this time practically? Yeah, you've been talking about journaling and you've been talking about praying. I think I think you've shared this with me, Erin, a, a breath prayer mm-hmm. even of of breathing in. Tell me about how you do that. Uh, yeah, I have breath prayers yeah. and I put them on my phone as reminders throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And I'll set sometimes depending, um, I don't have like a full on system, <laughs> but I, mm-hmm. I, will, I will write out specific prayers pertaining to my circumstances for the week. And then I do schedule them in my reminders and they'll just pop up and they're small prayers to just remind me that they're almost like a, um, kind of going back to our statement, muscle memory. It's like a muscle for me to just exercise, to be natural and praying for. Super practical. And I think another way that head and heart connect the way you're saying it is to hold our hands really tight, mm. you know, and, and picture what is that thing that's so important to me right now? Is it my, my daughter's wedding? Is it mm. the school schedule? Is it my job? Is it um, my sick relative? Is it just wanting to go to the swimming pool? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't get to do that this summer. Holding that really tight, 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 tight. I mean, squeeze your hands as tight as you can before Jesus mm-hmm. and express that that feeling and that wanting to control and that wanting to be able to predict and understand. And then physically open your fist, open mm-hmm. your hand, and even lift those wide open hands up to him and release that very element that's become so important to you. I don't think we sometimes, Aaron, even realize how we're almost clenched, fisted, demanding at God until we focus in on our hands, in on our fists, and go, whoa, I am acting as if this is what I'm going to go and do tomorrow. <laughs> this is what I'm going to go into the city and make money on. When my life is a vapor and I, I need to, to relinquish. And I think when we relinquish that way, that anxiety, you know, between the head and heart, that's lessened, mm. that's lifted yeah. in a way. Yeah. One thing that I've done um, and the language, I, I noticed the language and how I talk about God in this time. I say it's a we. So I'm like, I know that God's not surprised by this or, or like shocked or he's like, oh my gosh, really? Like 
you know, that happened to your dad, you know, or my goodness, that happened with your business or I know, yeah, I know he's not surprised by it. So instead of it being this separation of like, God, where are you? I'm like, Lord, all right, we are doing this. We are doing this. And you know, you know, and I trust you. And if this is a we, 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 I always talk about my relationship with him as being a we, a we team. You know, Aaron, that, that is super helpful um, because I think when we're stuck in this uncertainty, some of the heaviest element of this stuckness and uncertainty is feeling like we're alone yeah. in it, that nobody else understands, that everybody else has, you know, a partner or something else, or, yeah. you know, everybody else has an answer. And when we we ourselves up with God, that's super comforting. Yeah. Well, what advice would you give? Because I know you being a mom, your daughter being a mom, I feel like you have some insight on what what to do, where to find hope. Is there hope when you are on a Zoom call and your two-year-old runs butt naked behind you on the Zoom call? Oh, gosh. <laughs> what would you say to that, to the working mom that is just yeah. wanting to pull her hair out right now? You know, I, I, my heart goes out, you know, and I'm grateful I'm not in that season, but my goodness, so many are in that season. And you're right, my daughter, um, our little grandson who's five is supposed to start kindergarten and it's all online. And just tell me, how is a five-year-old supposed to sit in front of a computer for six hours a day? Are you kidding me? I mean, he'll FaceTime with me for maybe, oh, 15 minutes, as long as he's got his little action figures there and I play with them with him. But (laughs) my agenda, no. So my heart goes out. Mm -hmm. And I think a couple of things are what I would say to the the preschool mom and me, one, be kind to yourself mm-hmm. and to each other. Everybody's stressed and you can't do it all and you're not going to do it all right. You know, just be kind to yourself. The second thing, and I've learned this in therapy, and we always go back to that, don't we, Erin? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is his normal. This is your kid's normal. A five-year-old who sits down in front of an online teacher for six hours a day doesn't know what it's like to be with a regular teacher in class. Or if they're a second grader or a fifth grader, this is where their new normal is coming from. And, And trust and pray, as we've been doing all of this relinquishment, that God can use this. He can use even this in their lives and in your life for good. I mean, th- those are like the big overarching, to be kind to ourselves and to trust that this is part of our story, how he's shaping me, how he's shaping my children, how he's shaping my friends. And then I think in a practical sense, ask for help. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen a lot of parents who are doing um, online pods or, you know, they're they're coming together in small, small groups to enlarge their quarantine circle so that everything's not falling on them. Um, ask your, if you have extended family who can step in, um, you know, see if there's a way to rearrange your work. You know, we've got to become more creative yeah. and loving towards each other. And, and I think also just take a deep breath and say, for today, this is the best I can do. And I just am focused on today. Does any of that stuff help? Yes, Aaron, do you that's think? so good. Absolutely. One of my girlfriends, she 
she got a group of um, women together that are all working moms and they have a Facebook group and they just share tips and tricks on what has worked and what Mm. hasn't and just even being able to express in a safe space the frustrations because I think as a mom you want to be attentive and you want to be present and when you're being pulled in in your home back and forth there's some shame I think that you can carry a little bit and uh, mom guilt mom guilt yeah Mm -hmm. and uh Mm -hmm. and yeah, there's online groups, you know, Mops has online meetups, Mama, Mama meetups or something, you know, we go to mops.org. And, yeah, you don't have to do this alone. There still are some new helps being developed, which are super encouraging. Now, for anyone who is in the middle of doing something else and feels like they might have missed something during the show, the show notes are available on our website at godhearsher.org. That's godhearsher.org. The show notes not only contain the talking points for today's episode, but they include a link to a free e-booklet titled Overcoming Worry, Turning Fear into Faith. COVID continues to cause so much worry and anxiety in a lot of us, including me. And even if we aren't worried about whether or not we get the virus... Many of us are overwhelmed by the constant changes that COVID's causing. And so this e-booklet offers just some helpful perspective on how to deal with any worry, including the stresses associated with COVID. So just click on the link in the podcast description or visit our website at godhearsher.org. That's godhearsher.org. Thank you for listening and join us next time for our conversation with Gary Thomas about when to walk away from toxic people. Remember friends, God sees you. He hears you. He loves you because you are his. We're so thankful for our God Hears Her team. Today we want to say a special thank you to Londa, Will, and Matt. Thank you for all of your help.